Hello and welcome back to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation Podcast with Brant Pasalakwa, founder of the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation School. In this podcast, we answer our students' questions and share information about yoga therapy and meditation with the intention of creating a new paradigm in wellness. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive into the show. Today's episode is a recording taken directly from a live Q&A with Breathing Deeply founder Brant Pasalakwa and students inside our meditation program. Our first question is, how much personal practice for study of philosophical texts is needed as a meditation mentor? So, so the, look, the more you know, the more experience you have, the more people you right. talk to, and the more yes. you sat with texts in that mm-hmm. context. Okay. Right? The, the more you're using that. So, of course, you get better at it. So, but you're, you never really get to any kind of place where you're where you always know what to say to another human being to you have to look at it that way it's like you're there to help um i will say to answer your question directly that the amount of tech study now when i say study i just mean being with them but they influence your mind so i do think there is a progression to that so maybe if you'd never read the Tao, you'd never looked at it before. And I've been looking at it for years and years, right? So when I sit with that and read a passage or two, there's some memory there that gets sparked. Like, so there's a lot in my brain. So maybe it doesn't take me as long. I I think that would be the only difference. So I think your question is like, as I'm starting and I'm not so familiar, mm-hmm. uh, the reason I did the philosophy section is because that those are the things I want you to hang your hat on. Those are the okay. things that are gonna come up over and over and over again. You don't have to know the Gita to know the three points in the Gita that are like so, so important. Like you don't have to know the Gita to understand the part that without some sort of like surrender, like that whole bit in the Gita, this isn't going to happen. And then there's a lot of passages and a lot of different like angles on it. And the more you sit with it, the more deeper it goes. But I also want to say like, the more you actually meditate, the deeper it goes. (laughs) You can intellectually study these texts all you want and not meditate. I'm going to argue they won't really come to life inside you. It's not going to change you the way... It will change you some, you know, philosophy has an effect on people, but it's not going to do all the work. And then there's certain, certain things, right? Like, like you won't understand tranquility until you've experienced. So we don't understand, um, you know, we read about like thoughts and emotions and ways to work with them, but the way we work with them in meditation is very different you can't just take the instructions from these texts and do them. I mean, if, I mean, you probably noticed that, right? Like you just can't <laughs> yeah. be, be the text without an evolving practice. And even then it's challenging. When you start, all you've got is your own practice. Like you're someone who has meditated and has experienced <laughs> things from meditating. And then you've got some philosophy that kind of put, puts words around it. Um, and that's all you got. 
So, you know, you start out, you know, like, I'm here to help you. You're like, great, what do I do? <laughs> and, you know, you have your own experience and then you have kind of teachings, right? To grab onto, but you don't grab have on. to, you, you're not trying to get them to do exactly what you did. Yeah. But you do have something to share. Will we ever fully understand all of the meditation philosophy? Um, sometimes I just pick up my old yoga sutra book that's like tattered and torn, like <laughs> a real mess. I, it's not going to last. And, and <laughs> you know, be like, oh, yeah, what's the deal with chapter one? But when you look at them, there are so many underlines and highlights because mm -hmm. as your practice changes, different things right become apparent to you. So eventually you underline the entire book and you have to start mm -hmm. over what should I do if I don't know the answer to a student's question? You're not answering questions. Okay. You're holding space and helping someone through their own process. The, the places you answer questions are like, what's the technique for doing this tranquility meditation? What's the, you okay. know, sometimes you reflect it back to them because you don't really have the answers, right? Like mm -hmm. you do not have any secret sauce for their personal evolution. That is not a good way to look at it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's like you don't. It's honestly the way I've been able to do it because um, somehow my teachers and stuff got in my head in like a, a really useful way early on. Um, probably because like my first teacher was really devotional. So he, he didn't really think of himself as the source of anything. <laughs> so that was helpful. And then like my first yoga experiences, most of them were at ashrams, right? And like, that's a little like, it's not you, you know, you were not clearly the guru. So when you kind of go in with that attitude, you're more like a coach, cheerleader, friend on the path kind of person. So you don't expect that of yourself. So, so that's not your role. Just to jump us ahead, maybe this will help since we're talking about it. So by the end of this training, I have a little system that I'm going to share with you of how I would like you to do this. Not the system of mentoring, but the system of how it's all going to work, which you can do or not. But I, I specifically have it so that it's easier, <laughs> so that you're set up for success, you know? Um, and you're not sort of in an isolated island with a person trying to like, right, like answer this question. So what's the person going to ask you? Like, is it okay that I feel this way? Is it okay that I have these thoughts? Is it wrong or right to think of it this way? Right? These are the kinds of questions we ask. I'm Because we're, we're just talking about meditating. So it's like I'm sitting on the mat. My legs are crossed. My eyes are closed. And this is what's going on in our mind. Everything that happens is okay. And sort of our job would be more like, well, you know, you could push through that. You could continue to do that. You could go back to your technique and avoid it for a little while and go back to it. You could, you know, you could stop your technique and sit still and just feel your feelings. You could shorten your meditation. You can lengthen your meditation. You can try this thing in the next section because it's making me think that maybe you might really like these like these pranic activation techniques might be something that like really uh, attracts your mind and stops it from thinking about your sister's vacations so maybe we'll take a different tact and try that for a little while you can tell me how that goes 
You might want not want to do the same meditation every day. You may want to mix it up with these three. Do you see these kinds of answers? None of them are outside your, your scope. And a lot of it's reflection. You know, I would say most of it's reflection and then a little bit like here are nine, here are different ways you could do it. What do you think? You know, and then we have like some general principles like meditating once a month probably won't get you where you're trying to go. Why? Because it's just like not enough frequency from your brain. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So people have questions, but those questions aren't going to be like super deep. The deeper questions are um, almost always something you reflect back at someone. It's like you relanguage them for them. You allow them to talk about them. What feedback can I give a student who wants to move around a lot during meditation? I would probably say, you know, the thing we're working with is being still and the mind doesn't want to do that because it hasn't do it, done it before. That would be the first thing I would say. Like, that's what's going on here. We say we want, but we want so many things. So what, we're, what, what I'm hearing is that you're getting the urge to move, right? So it's, it's a little bit of a reflection. It's just like a, giving somebody a, a different take. They're like, I want to move. And like, as a meditator, you know that you want a lot of things. You've meditated a lot. You know this. I want so many things. Um, so I guess I would ask you, do you feel like you can't? Like you cannot. Have you tried crossing your legs and sitting still for four seconds ever? No. All right, let's do that right now. All right, let's try it for 12 like, so you're just, you're kind of showing somebody what they're working with and and helping them dissect their story. Their story is one thing, but it's a limited version of events. And because you've meditated a while and because you have also sat still and had the urge to move, you might have some insight into this, which I'm sure you do, right? You have a lot of the tools. You have to go, you have to take it back to yourself. Have I ever sat? This person is saying they just want to move. Have that ever happened to me? Is this something I can relate to in any circumstance? So the answer is yes, right? And what you want her to do is talk about that impulse mm -hmm. to move. Mm -hmm. And you want her to look at it and to see that she has a choice. It's not a choice that's easy or that she will always be successful with. But that it is not just one thing like I must move or I will blank die. Like, these are the kinds of words, you know what I mean? Be annihilated. And they're like, no, of course, if I don't move, I'll be fine. Really? That's interesting. Because you just told me you had to move. So so which is it? And it, it, it what that's all there for is to help them realize that the mind is behaving in a way. So the philosophical point here is we have a mind. We have an ego. Is everyone remembering this? We have an ego. The ego wants to survive. This ego has decided that sitting still for any amount of time is a threat to its existence, even though that's not really true, <laughs> right? And if you can put it into context for her, that would be helpful, that's the philosophy part. And then if you could also think of things physically that might help her, that, you know, whether it's, or technically, so whether it's her seat, her practice, maybe she should try lying down, maybe it's a different meditation, you know, maybe it's just some experiments of being still, 
Maybe it's, you know, something a little more active in her mind, right? Because she's the thing she's trying to do is like to still like that ohm is just for whatever reason to still for her at this moment. So that's how I do it. It's like, these are, these are the things we know. I have these, if we're looking at our system, I have these 24 meditations. I have my personal experience and I have things I know about humans based on philosophy. So that's what we're studying right now, right? These are the things I have to work with. That's it. Nothing else, you know? So what do I know about humans? Like uh, humans like to maintain the status quo. So I'm guessing this person doesn't sit around still in general. And we also know she's a beginner. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I can exactly remember the first time I meditated at this point, but like, I know it wasn't easy. So you have to decide as her mentor. This is like, there's a little power here. What are you going to ask her to do or suggest she does? And since you're a yoga therapist, you might go with the thing of like, let's try an experiment. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it this way and see what happens. And tell me what you learned from that experience. And how can this person with the other piece of philosophy, which I've shared with you, not from text, but just since we're a swim downstream kind of community, what is the easiest thing for this person to do? What is it? I don't know what it is. What does the intake process look like for new meditation mentees? I mean, the intake is to know who you're talking to and establish like trust and relationship. And then, you know, I mean, beginners are easy. You teach them techniques and you say, do this technique, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's not hard, you know? So it's not a lot of, it's not a lot of talk. So like the system that we're going to maybe like lean into, I'm just going to say this is, is meeting with people. Cause this is how it naturally evolves anyway. And there's other components to it, but in terms of mentoring people, I generally do it every so often. So it's more like a quarterly thing. So it's like you have someone who's meditating and you can imagine, just imagine this, like every 90 days, they come to like an appointment with you where they have questions and their practices gone a certain way. And that can be a very fruitful moment for them. So I wouldn't imagine yourself sitting down and talking to somebody about their meditation practice every week because they have to meditate. <laughs> now some people are like in something they're like moving through something they're you know you mean there are many instances where that happens but in general and this was true of my experiences with teachers too it's like i would get a lot out of a meeting and then have takeaways and then like work with those takeaways you have to work with them right so the beginning meditators and all that that's more about like sangha maybe starting like a sit maybe having him involved with our community and then having them have a mentor, right. Where they're able to like process their, their, their personal things personally. But I mean, that's how it works. Like even organically, like people learn to meditate and they get into their practice and then they're like, okay. And then, you know, six months go by and they're like, Hey, Brent, can I talk to you for an hour? <laughs> you know, like I've got stuff I need to talk about. <laughs> You're like, great. Um, so I was hoping to systematize it a little more for people because I think like in the world we live in, it's just like easier for people to understand a process that way. But you want to, you know, people are in a process with you and you're holding the process for them. And again, you don't need to know every reference of every 
Like you don't have to be that person. You you'd be surprised at how easy it is to see people's stuff when you're not attached to it. Right? It's it's very easy because you don't have any skin in the game other than wishing them the best. So the, it's it it's not hard. It's not like figuring out what to say to your children or something, you know, where it's like a more complicated situation. <laughs> this is like an adult human who's been meditating. Like, these are my experiences I've had in meditation. There is an infinite amount of versions of this because everybody's different, right? And I'll remind you, people come out of really different backgrounds. And that's the thing that's so interesting. Religious backgrounds, right? Like growing up with like certain, a lot of people get into meditation now, like in the West, they they had like sort of spiritual experiences in their life and then something interfered with it. And they're trying to like reconnect in like a slightly different way. Um, so people are coming from a lot of different angles. It's it's actually really interesting. And so to have like a, um, a system for lack of a better word, for them to plug into is like super helpful. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Please subscribe, rate and review our show and help us share yoga therapy with more people around the world. If you think this episode will help someone you know, feel free to share it with them. If you love yoga therapy and meditation, you can follow us over on Instagram at breathingdeeplyyoga, where we share anything and everything to help you advance your understanding of yoga therapy and meditation. For more information about our yoga therapy and meditation trainings and programs, visit breathingdeeply.com. See you in the next episode.